Welcome to Talking Late Night, where we spotlight top comedians and their late night influences. Here's your host, Max Cantor. Hey everybody and welcome to Talking Late Night. I'm your host Max Cantor and today I am back. And why do I say I'm back? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll explain it in a second. But I'm here with uh, the manager of the Laughing Skull Comedy Lounge, Mr. Andrew George. Welcome to the show, hey, Andrew. Hello. Um, so I'm back. I said I'm back. <laughs> you want to explain? So here's what happened. Um, we recorded like a month ago mm-hmm. and... Uh, you sent me an email like two weeks before that. You're like, hey, we do my podcast. Like, yeah, I actually have all this podcast equipment I've never used before. Come use my podcast equipment so I can test it out. And it turns out you have to format memory cards. And I learned that moments after we <laughs> did an hour interview. And I'm like, cool. So none of that was on the record at all. That was just <laughs> yeah. a good practice run. I feel like those are like the hidden tapes now yeah. of, of this show. If someone's <laughs> a wizard and can figure out how to get that off of a memory card that we did not record on. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> that all those all those secrets that we revealed. We the, did. I said a lot stories. of things. And they're just, gone. They're no, gone. No one's gonna know forever. Yeah. But uh, we, I guess we can rediscover some of it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I did say the code word to get um, booked on any show at the Skull, but I guess that's it's gone. It's gone it now. Is so gone oh well. Forever. <laughs> Too bad. Uh, but to jump just right into the interview and, yeah. and to start again, uh, growing up, what late night shows influenced you and your comedy? Conan all the way. Conan's mm-hmm. my man. Um, because they would air old clips of Conan, or not old clips, but old episodes that, from the night before on Conan on Comedy Central at like four in the afternoon. So I was getting home from high school. Uh, I'd make a giant plate of nachos and then I'd just sit down and watch Conan for an hour every single afternoon during the weekday. And then he was just like part of growing up. So that's how I like figured out how like set up punchline, like monologue format like works was mm-hmm. from watching conan do it every single day for 15 years mm. so why weren't you watching him at night what made you want to watch him in the the daytime i don't know i wasn't really watching tv at night i was pretending to do homework and like chatting with girls on aol instant messenger in my <laughs> yeah. bedroom at night but, like right when i got home yeah. from school i was like well so conan did last night mm-hmm. and, and it was on so why not was he like your first introduction to comedy no, my first introduction to comedy was uh, Rodney Dangerfield was on Home Improvement, that Tim Allen show, mm-hmm. and I saw that when I was like eight, and I was like, "What's this?" <laughs> and I was like, "This is what I like now." <laughs> so you liked you liked the stand up. I like stand up. Yeah. About it. Rodney caught me when I, at a young age, and I was like, "Oh, this is what I like." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just and a guy talking. So for Conan, did you like the monologue? the most because that's like the most stand-up I like the part. sketches the most and the characters. Conan in the 90s was a different animal. Mm-hmm. You could just bring a masturbating bear on stage for 30 seconds, and people would love it. I think if now if you just did that with no context, people would be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. But it's my favorite thing on the planet. I love it so much. But mm-hmm. I don't know how well that aged, but... Holy shit, the masturbating bear is... It was my ringtone for five years. <laughs> wow. <song>. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So so why do you think Rodney Dangerfield attracted you to comedy for stand-up, but Conan attracted you for his sketches? Ooh, I don't know. Because it's not like I could identify with either, because Rodney Dangerfield was a seven-year-old man talking about his wife doesn't respect him. And I was like eight, like, I, give, I feel you, Rodney. Yeah, yeah. Me too, the wife. Um, and then Conan, like, is also nothing like me. I just, I don't know. Just... They're just universally hilarious, I feel. Mm-hmm. And they just caught me at that very impressionable, very I-need-something-to-identify-with age. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, funny things. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, just like one guy making people laugh. Like, I can 
I want to try that. <laughs> so did you ever like steal some of Conan's material and use oh, it? Oh, no. Because I knew from an early age, that's how you get your head cut off. <laughs> so you steal things. You, nah, can't, you can't, can't steal. Nah. So did you write your own stuff, though, at that young of an age? Yeah, but it was like, not good. <laughs> and I'd like rip it off like... Like, I guess how a lot of people write their first songs, they like, look at a song, and like, they just change the words around, but they, they take the beats, and like, you say this, and then this. I was like, oh, I can say this, and then this. Mm-hmm. So I kind of would steal, it was actually Daniel Tosh's structure uh, for my first time, but I was also 13, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> with, with Daniel Tosh, I didn't even know that he did, when did he start doing stand-up? When did he start He was originally popular? a stand-up guy, and I saw oh. his Comedy Central half hour when I was like 12, 13, and then I was like, oh, this is way different than Ronnie Dangerfield. This is his own thing. Mm-hmm. This is more like what I think about. Mm-hmm. And then that's what uh, kind of encouraged me to do stand-up at a talent show in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. <laughs> so how did how did that eighth grade talent show go? Did you win? Did you win a trophy? No, no trophy. There wasn't a trophy no. because it was... I mean, we didn't have a lot of money, so... <laughs> yeah. And it was like a free show, so like, well, there's no funding, but, uh, yeah. you know... And there was no winner either, because that was right whenever teachers were figuring out that kids needed to have self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, no winners, just... And that's what he does. Yeah. And next! <laughs> um, so I just stand up at that, and it went well, because everyone else was also 14, mm-hmm. and they're like, he's talking! Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I'd stop talking, and they'd be like, I guess that was the joke, and then they'd laugh real hard. Mm-hmm. So that was your very first time performing yeah. comedy. And I got that rush, even though it probably wasn't that good, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like got the rush of like standing on a stage and getting laughs. I was like, oh shit, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any of the jokes that you wrote for your 8th grade talent show? Yeah, but I said them on our practice interview, and then afterwards, like, mm, probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. That's mm. why I wanted to ask again, because yeah, you said it like, last eh. time. I don't know. I kind of, as I was saying it last time, I was like, is this how it goes? And then I got to the end, I was like, I feel like there's a punchline in there somewhere that I forgot. Yeah. So so now on the hidden tapes of our, the, the long lost interview, we have yeah. the code word to get booked the code anytime. Word to get booked anytime. <laughs> and your first joke. Yeah. <laughs> so the only two things you want out of an introductory podcast. Right. But yeah, yeah, there's a right. one forever. I also like how you refer to it as our practice interview. Practice interview. <laughs> so we nice. got we got all the mistakes out of the way. Yeah. This one's gonna be perfect. This one's flawless. A ten out of ten. This is like the group interview at the job you wanted second worst. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, I fucked up that first one. I guess I'll work at Hot Topic. <laughs> exactly. It, I guess I gotta. Mm-hmm. So after after you did your eighth grade talent show, did you know, like, this is what I want to do? Yeah. And then years later, figured out, oh, you can't make money doing this. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Damn it. And then I started working at a comedy club and was like, eh, close enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So, so when, r- remind me again, where did you go to college? I went to college at Georgia College and State University in so, Millersville. In Millersville, Millersville, yeah. Georgia. Um. Did, were you doing stand-up down there? Yeah, I was doing stand-up and improv at the time. Oh, okay, so you did both. Yeah. Um, is there a big comedy scene down in Millersville, no, Georgia? No, it was me and Andrew Markle. <laughs> oh, okay. So was, And Trey Dunn. Trey Dunn was there, too. Okay, so it was the three of you yeah, who made up. Yeah, and Sam Severin did it a few times. She's mm-hmm. now, like, a, an awesome comic in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, But she, like, dipped her feet in a couple times. Like, mm-hmm. I was there for her first show at this bar in Buffington, so I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit, Sam's doing stand-up, and it was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, at the time, just me and Andrew Markle were the only people who did stand-up. Okay. And he would put on shows at a, a bar in town and bring in uh, people who are now super famous. Like Rory Scovel came down for a show, Nate Bargatze, uh, Sean Patton, and Jared Harris all came down for the uh, Atypical Southern Comedy Quartet. Mm-hmm. That was a dope show. Uh, Beards of Comedy came through there. Like We had like pretty good names coming through. Um, so it was good shows because there was also nothing to do in that town. <laughs> yeah. 
So if like once every three months you put on a comedy show, people are like, oh, hell yeah. You mean we don't have to watch Netflix? <laughs> so they all show up. Everyone was there. It was great. Well, and it's crazy that you mentioned Sam because I actually just interviewed her. Really? Like uh, probably like two weeks ago. Yeah. I talked with her and she was awesome. Um, But yeah, she was telling me about Milledgeville and yeah. then how she moved up to Atlanta to pursue comedy. So it's yeah. crazy you guys knew each other. Yeah. We lived on the same hall. Oh, really? Yeah, freshman year, before she ever, like, thought about doing stand-up. I was like, oh, that's Sam. Wow. And now I'm just, like, hanging out with her in a green room, like, every night. I'm like, oh, shit, just, this is nifty. It's Sam. Small world. Again. It's Sam again. <laughs> Sam's still here. <laughs> so did you help her and, like, uh, some other friends get into comedy? Nope. <laughs> no, not at all? You weren't an influence? Nah. Um, Probably not. I hope not. That'd be weird. Nah, that might not be weird. That may be, I don't know. That'd be, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but no, not, a, not even a little bit, because they were just like to stand up, and I just happened to already be doing it in the mm-hmm. town they lived in. Mm-hmm. But we mm-hmm. did shows together, and it was great fun, mm-hmm. because so, uh, they would give college kids a free tab, and that was before we were responsible enough to handle that, so good fun. <laughs> right. And so you said you did uh, stand up and improv, so why did yeah. you move away from improv to Because just improv, um, this is a technical term, but it uh, fucking sucks. Uh, can, you, can you give me the definition of that the term? Definition, I'm sorry. It's like it's like if you took all the good parts of stand up and you're like, get out of here. <laughs> and then that's what it probably is. Yeah, you know, whenever you're like hanging out in a bar and you meet some guy for the first time, and it's only it's always for the first time because you never want to hang out with him again because you're like, that guy's too much. Mm-hmm. All those people at the same time at the same place. That's that's what improv that's is. Improv. Wow. Yeah. And not saying I have anything against any one specific person who does improv, just everyone who does it. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you think that? How, how do you think it works? Do you think an improviser can do stand up, and a stand up can do improviser? Uh, can do improv. Most. I don't say most because stand ups are. That's like saying just people because we're all kind of different in our own right. But a lot of stand ups can easily go into improv um, because it's just thinking fast and mm-hmm. saying funny things. But there's a certain thing that when a lot of improvers jump into stand-up for the first time, it's very big and animated and high act outs. And mm-hmm. then a lot of pausing for laughs that aren't there. And it's <laughs> so much fun to watch. But a lot of times they like figure it out mm-hmm. um, because they're already comfortable on stage. But sometimes there's a one and, well, that was a fun try. <laughs> <laughs> so when was the last time you tried improv or did it? Um... I have a kind of an improv show. It's like an, a mix between improv and stand-up uh, every other week, Thursday at 10.30 at the Laughing Skull Lounge. So describe it. What, what it's is called it? Comedy Clubhouse. It's where uh, comedians come on stage and they have five minutes to do uh, crowd work, prepared material, and then a minute based on what they get from a spinning wheel that mm-hmm. I got on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And uh, nice. while that's happening, I also am on stage with my friend Bob and we both have microphones and mm-hmm. we're interrupting the whole time and playing sound effects. It's... Cool. Someone described it as a comedy ninja warrior course. Wow. Yeah, a lot of fun. There's a lot of going on there. But it's not really improv because it's not like, we're at the doctor's office and <laughs> my foot hurts. Like, none of that bullshit. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, when's the last time you were in a fight? Tell me that story. <laughs> or like, FaceTime your mom, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, we handcuffed a girl to a light for a little bit. It's like, it's just a fun show. Mm-hmm. Not like in prison, but like she could carry the light around with her. But Oh, okay. There was a 10-pound light got, she had to hold with her for the rest humane. of the show. You're yeah, very, very humane, humane people. Okay. Yeah. So after going <laughs> but to... But we did tase Bob one time. You tased it's him? It's not super humane, yeah. Like with the ta- like a real taser? Well, he spawned the mystery box, so... That's what was in the mystery box? Yeah. Who well, decides what's in the mystery box? <laughs> we go back and forth on what goes in the mystery box. Like last week, it was the, the handcuffed light. B- before that, it was the taser, and... Bob got the taser. So there there was a chance, hypothetically, that mm. you could have gotten tased. Yeah. 
Do but you... I didn't, so it worked out. <laughs> Did a part of you want to get tased? I've been tased before. It's not that bad. <laughs> Are you sh- not that bad. <laughs> not that bad. Being pepper sprayed hurts way worse. Both were... Mm. I did it to myself for comedy purposes. Looking back, terrible idea. <laughs> I shouldn't have grown up watching Jackass so much. <laughs> but yeah, it hurt. Being pepper sprayed, that puts you down for the hour. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not doing anything. You're not driving a car after that. <laughs> did it get laughs? No, that was an accident. I oh, thought it was whoa. a flashlight. Oh. But we were on the set of a comedy Oh, sketch. you thought it was a flashlight? Like, oh, what's this? Right in my eyes. Oh, no. Yep. And now I know. Oh, no. Yep, hurt real bad. That's, that is such, like, I'm so sorry that yeah. you had to go through that. Yeah, it's all good. The taser was for a comedy video. Um, And then we realized afterwards, like, oh, we could have just added that noise in post-production. <laughs> Ugh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> you could have you could have just CGI'd the whole thing. Yep, yep. We could have used a TV remote as a fake taser. Mm-hmm. But nope, tasers were on sale, so we got a taser, and uh, not that bad actually. Oh, oh, what does it feel like? What does it feel you're like? Just muscles. You're just te- muscles. They tense up, and then as soon as they stop, you're like, and I'm back to normal. That's it. Yep. But it's also it's... like a cheap taser. Like if okay. you had like one with the prongs, you're going down. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like this is like a. It's taking you out. I mean, this one was on sale, so. Where'd you probably, buy it? Someone brought this back. <laughs> where, where did you get this on-sale taser? Army surplus store. Okay. Yep. That's right. the best place to get sketchy stuff. At the army surplus. The army surplus. Store? They oof. Back rooms there. Top notch. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I know a guy. Are you? I'll be your guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you know I was, me. I was about to but say. But you know Andrew. He said he said back room. Wink twice. Hey, you guys got. You want to buy a fucking grenade? <laughs> <laughs> yep, a grenade and just half-used tasers. That's all you need. That's really all you need. That's how uh, Cuba got rid of communism. <laughs> Bunch that... of old tasers and hand grenades. <laughs> That's it. Not a lot of people know that. D- were you behind that? That was me. They came to you? I did that, me and uh, 15 of my friends. I would like to say we didn't venture into anything close to this with our first interview. I'm not technically supposed to talk about it because I'm in the CIA and stuff, but yeah, that's fun. So is this is this interview going to magically disappear <laughs> like the first one? <laughs> it should. I should clarify right now I'm 100% joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after college after mm. milledgeville um what made you want to come to atlanta um i got an internship at star 94 for the radio show for the morning show mm-hmm. um and then right after i accepted that job i also got a reply from an internship request i sent to the laughing school mm-hmm. and he was like yeah come on down i was like shit well i guess i can do both mm-hmm. so i would do the morning show radio show in the morning um and then sleep in my car for a few hours, mm-hmm. go to the Laughing Skull, do stand-up at night, work the door for the open mic, uh, do a set, and then uh, go straight from there. Well, I usually go to the bar, get a little drunk, and then go straight from there to the radio station. Oh, my God. And then repeat the process. Got real bad sleep deprivation. How long did you do that for? Only two months until I didn't show up to the radio one day, and they're like, you got to get out of here. And I was like, that makes sense. So, <laughs> so for our first interview, we mm. talked a little bit about the radio. Yeah. And for me, this was some of the craziest stories that I've ever it was heard. terrible. In my entire life. And so I'm going to need you to, to tell me these stories again. Yeah. Because this was essential mm. to me learning about you and yeah. who you are. <laughs> um, so this is my favorite thing, um, which... Was the the fake ticket stories? Uh, you told me you told me fake tickets, and you told me um uh, uh what was her name? Like the oh the I, soccer I mom. Talk. Oh um uh, ah what was her name? Uh, it was it Jessica. was Jessica. Jessica. Yes. So at this radio station, I'm, I'm sure it's not a thing anymore because they've changed staffs and everything. Uh, but in 2012, uh, there were signs all over the radio station that said, "What would Jessica think about this?" 
And Jessica was a fictional character that they created, which was a white 45-year-old woman who drove a minivan, uh, didn't have a job, was a stay-at-home wife. Um, her husband made a lot of money. Probably a doctor. <laughs> Two kids, they both play soccer. Would Jessica like what you're talking about? Filter everything through Jessica. This is for Jessica. Everything's for Jessica. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like some Stepford Wife shit in here. It's so weird. It was the most bizarre place I'd ever worked. And they're like, oh, here's this stoned out of his mind 22-year-old. He's the one who's writing all the bits for the morning show. I love no. that. I love that so much. That is the craziest thing I've ever and heard. And I was just in there just real hungover, just not giving a shit. Just like, I don't know. What about candles? <laughs> they smell nice, right? And they're like, ooh, we're going to talk about that this week. See, but you didn't, you didn't respect Jessica. Did not care for Because I feel like if I, if I met Jessica, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. That's probably fair. I don't mm-hmm. see Jessica going to a lot of comedy shows. No, Jessica doesn't like comedy. She's got to be in bed by 8. Right. She's got to be up to listen to the radio in the morning. Exactly. And take care of her Shift two kids. She's 6 a.m. They got to go to soccer training. Or whatever. <laughs> Do and they want to make the World Cups. <laughs> and so uh, tell me, too, about your ticket experience. So <laughs> at the time, uh, Bieber was real popular. And they were running this contest. And they were like... Uh, we have Justin Bieber tickets. Call in. Be the seventh caller. Answer these questions. But, like, a lot of times only, like, four or five people would call. <laughs> so, like, I would be in the other room and just, <laughs> I would be the caller. Be like, my daughter's so excited to go to the show. And a lot of times there just weren't tickets. <laughs> they'd, like, have a few and they'd be like, ugh, we've got to, we really overstepped ourselves. We're going to run this contest for a week. Ugh. Hey, you're going to call. You're going to win these tickets. By the way, there's no tickets. <laughs> So, did you ever get to go to any no, concerts? No, all through? I got was a Katy Perry t-shirt. That's it? Yeah. Do you still have that t-shirt? I don't think. Maybe. It's somewhere. It might be at my brother's house. I don't know. Wow. That's out of the, out of the two months you were there. It's all the I got was thing. a t-shirt. All, literally, all you all got, got was, was this stupid t-shirt. And some amazing stories. That's true. And I know I don't want to work in morning radio, so that's, that's fun. That's, all, that's very true. Yeah. Even though I think it's changing now. They've got, they're kind of past like, wacky Wednesday morning, what's the traffic like out there today, Billy? Which is kind of what that radio station was mm-hmm. at the time. Now it's not, now it's Jeff Dollar and someone else, and Jeff Dollar's a real nice guy. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was it was not him <laughs> and some other people. <laughs> so do you listen to morning radio now? No, I'm asleep. I don't wake up in the single digits. <laughs> That's fair. Do you listen to, do you listen to radio at all in your Sometimes car? I like to see what the kids are up to. Oh. I like top 40s and stuff. Mm-hmm. Got to keep my, my, uh, I don't know what the phrase, I lost it, mid-sentence. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what my you were. beat on the, my pulse on the beat was something like that. I got to figure out, you know, what the people are listening to. Sure, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know who Quavo is. Oh, that, okay. He's amigo. He is. Yep. He's one of them. Yep, he's, there's three, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, he, I know what's up. He's, he's amigo. He's amigo. <laughs> Look. Do you feel like as a comedian you have to stay up to tune on like on like pop culture to appeal to younger audiences? Nah, not really, because I think they're kind of I don't know. That's not really my style. Is like pop culture stuff, and mm-hmm. a lot of times, no, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, so to keep going with your career mm-hmm. trajectory to where you are right here in this yeah. moment, talking to me, mm-hmm. obviously, I guess the the peak. Yeah, obviously. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, uh, what? so you left radio, and mm. now you're at Laughing Skull. So yeah. what was that experience like as an intern there? At the Laughing Skull? Mm-hmm. It was neat because it's unlike any other place that I ever have or ever will work because it's very, not relaxed, but like, it feels homey in a sense. Mm-hmm. That like, 
you're friends with everyone who works there, but like you're also like performing, all chasing the same goal. Mm-hmm. So it's very cool. Um, but at the same time, there's nothing corporate about it, mm. and that's the the most refreshing thing. Is very day to day basis sort of stuff on all the decisions, which is very cool, very hands on. Um, and I'm realizing I didn't make any sense in that, but I just said a lot of buzzwords. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, being an intern there was real cool because I got a peek into what it would be like. And then from being an intern, I just kind of slowly like got responsibility after responsibility kind of added onto my plate. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next thing I knew, I was like a manager there. The next thing I knew, I was like booking. And now I'm like directing the, the annual festival, which mm-hmm. is insane. Mm-hmm. But it's coming up uh, in four weeks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was very cool going from unpaid intern to running the shows. Mm-hmm. Very cool trajectory and mm-hmm. kind of a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, as you were talking, I was thinking back to this, and I'm forgetting the name of it, uh, but it's this improv movie uh, relatively new with Keegan-Michael Key in it. And don't think twice. Don't think twice. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So in that movie, you know, he gets hired on the SNL, yeah. quote unquote, and then and then everyone else is kind of like bitter about it. Everyone looks a little bitter, a little jealous. Mm. Um, do you feel like in the stand-up world, that's how stand-ups are? That's just kind of like a human thing. That's like any job. Like if someone gets a promotion in the corner office, like fuck that guy. <laughs> so this is the same thing as anything. Even though the nicest guy in the world, like I'm on that corner office, mm-hmm. and it's just a, it's just a job and a career. So yeah, but also stand ups, there is competition in that sense. But also everyone's friends for the most part. Like mm-hmm. unless you have like personal beef with someone, everyone like wants to see their friends succeed, and the people they work with and do shows with for the most part are friends. It's mm-hmm. so, like you want to see them like oh good job, Dulce got the Daily Show, or like oh mm-hmm. good job, Caleb got a Team Conan youtube like it's real cool to like see your friend succeed mm-hmm. and like yeah it's very cool like oh hell yeah he's making it he's making moves like uh noah garden schwartz is writing on uh, the marvel smith's Maisel, and they just won like a golden globe mm-hmm. it's like the coolest thing ever like oh shit noah got a golden globe <laughs> right like it's so cool yeah mm-hmm. so i don't think there's a ton of jealousy there but it's just the, like the human part of it there's some jealousy but not really not mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. so you're also you're the the booker for Laughing yeah style. i book the best of atlanta comedy showcases there and all the openers for the headliners so when you're booking somebody mm-hmm. what do you look for in a comic can they make the audience laugh and are they an asshole those two a- things and if it's yes and no and do they show up because a lot of people don't show up <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. those three things those three things and so, they'll be late all the time, but just mainly the three. <laughs> okay, so just to recap, it's be fu- uh, make pe- humans laugh, be funny, be funny, make, make people laugh. Doesn't even have to be funny, make people laugh. There's people who are like never made me laugh once, but like the audience loves this. I'm like, yeah, get in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so make yeah, the audience like laugh. <laughs> yeah. Make the audience laugh. Make the audience laugh. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. And be on time. Fucking show up. <laughs> and show up. Just, just, <laughs> just show, show up. up. <laughs> See if you do those three things. And really, that kind of goes into don't be an asshole. It's kind of an asshole move to not show up. That's so true. Just two. Yeah, just be funny. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> and then I guess with don't be an asshole, you have just a bunch of things that make There's up that category. There's a lot of category. subcategories, and <laughs> right. one of them is show up. <laughs> don't not show up. <laughs> so when did you start this role of being the booker? Like four years ago, I think. Like it was only like a year and a half from me like being hired as the intern to like, and now you're booking it, <laughs> which is did great. Did you feel a pressure to get good comics? Kinda, but this is like a like an internal pressure. Like no one's like, make sure the show's amazing. Like I just want the show to be good. So mm-hmm. like I kind of naturally push myself to do that. To, mm-hmm. Because also I'm running the show, so I don't want to watch a boring show. Right, so that's very <laughs> so true. Like, I'm in the room too. I'm about to <laughs> endure this. I don't want to be bored out of my mind. <laughs> that's, this is very true. Yeah, and people are gonna stop coming if the shows are terrible. 
and then that's gonna look bad on me and i'm gonna get fired and i like to live inside so i'd like to not lose my job <laughs> <laughs> right mm. right so so what what what's your type of comic so obviously we said you know not being i don't, an really asshole, have, one. I don't no, have like a specific you just like it all there are things i don't like <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's an example of something like in a comic that you watch and you're like uh, i'm I not a fan of it i don't like angry and now because sometimes angry comedy is good because like bill burr's my favorite no i don't every time i like about to say something i'm like i think of a direct a contradictory of that <laughs> yeah. um no nothing i don't care for mm-hmm. oh guitar people i don't like guitar acts fuck what that is, shit what is what is a guitar act what does that mean a guy with a guitar what are you doing <laughs> okay so let me so you say guitar act which and, i have done but i was 19 so and <laughs> well i was gonna say because on the wall that I'm facing right now. A lot of guitars. You have a lot of guitars hanging yeah, up. Yeah, and I leave that shit at home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you don't you don't overlap those no. two parts of your life. What are we doing? You're just trying <laughs> to fuck. You're, you're one beer from playing Wonderwall right now. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, so noted. So no guitars. No guitars. What, what about piano? Love piano. Yeah, you're a piano I fan? do like piano because now I was like, ooh, now you know, you know piano? Oh. Everyone else has to play guitar. <laughs> okay, uh, what about like a tambourine or harmonica? Ooh, I've never seen a harmonica. Ooh, maybe I'll do that. There you go. I'm going to delete this episode so it doesn't look like it was your idea. <laughs> so in five years, I'm going to be the world's most famous harmonica act. Like, Where did you get the idea? I guess he uh, thought of it. Exactly. Right. So uh, so in this interview, we found out that you ha- helped start the Cuban Revolution. I did. Well, but I ended it. You ended it. Right. I did. Well, it was getting kind of wonky. I was like, hey, cut it out. Right, have with, some democracy with your grenades and half-used tasers mm-hmm. and you're also gonna steal all my comedy ideas that mm-hmm. i'm throwing out to yep, you yep i'm gonna be the harmonica guy <laughs> okay <laughs> and then i'll be on stage like is that the guy that saved cuba <laughs> <laughs> right right the cia mm-hmm. will be like well that's the guy that's there he is mm-hmm. you'll be in history books yep good for you mm-hmm. so talk a little bit about the laughing skull comedy festival so it's an annual thing uh every year we hold submissions where people send in their videos from all over the country. And uh, this year we had a thousand people submit. About a thousand. Is that the most ever? Yeah. Each year it's like around that number, but this year is almost a thousand. And uh, a team of like 10 people watch all these videos. And then they whittle that down to 60 people. Mm-hmm. And then we invite those 60 people to Atlanta to perform uh, over the course of four days and six venues all across Atlanta. Uh, which means we have to sell like a whole bunch of tickets. <laughs> um, it's actually going really well though. Um, and yeah, every comic gets multiple shows a night, so they come in the city to get like five or six shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also bring in the industry, like everyone who books comedy on TV, basically. Mm-hmm. Like people who book the Tonight Show, people who book the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal, um, people from Disney, Fox, like all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, come in and watch all these industry showcases that we hold, where each of the comics get five minutes apiece. And just kind of show them do their thing so that way the industry knows like who's on the up and coming and like who to have on their radar in the stand-up world. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is like a big discovery festival where the industry world and all the up and coming comics get to mix in front of these audiences. And then in turn, the audiences get these amazing shows with these awesome comics, like giving their best tightest five minutes to impress these agents. So like everyone has a good time. There's mm-hmm. after parties after all the shows. Um, everyone's staying in the same hotel. So it's like, a comedy summer camp, and then the result of that is amazing shows for audiences. Mm-hmm. So it's good fun all around. Mm-hmm. How long has the festival been going on for? This is the ninth year, and this is my sixth year working with it. Like third year kind of being on the board of directors of it. Mm-hmm. So you you mentioned there's a group of ten of you who, who watch the videos. Yeah. Do you watch every single video? Yeah. 
All 1,000. Yeah. So around... It takes a month. Like, no kidding. Like, I wake up in the morning, uh-huh. I watch videos, I go to sleep, do it again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So... So I know oh, wow. what they're talking about on the streets. But, I've watched so much comedy. Right. And there's like three jokes. Right. The, what is, is, I recently moved to L.A. Here's uh-huh. how it's different from my hometown. Um, <laughs> this is my disability and why it's funny. <laughs> um, my parents talk like this and dating is hard. <laughs> and Those are the four jokes. Wow. So, so you see a bunch of comics doing the same variations of those jokes across yeah. the board. And if you can put a twist on it, welcome to the festival. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Yep. So, so when you judge a comic, do you have like a like a checklist, a rubric yeah, that you follow? Yeah, we do it on five different categories. It's uh, writing, delivery, originality, overall impression, and professionalism. Okay. All right. So, which one of those categories is the most important for you? It's different and kind of a mix of all of them okay different people say different things i personally think writing is most important mm-hmm. some people think delivery and professionalism is most important mm-hmm. um and also those terms of what those categories are it's kind of subjective in mm-hmm. a way yeah because like what you think is professional might be unprofessional to someone else right mm. right if there's a guitar comic some people be like oh, wow he plays guitar <laughs> yeah. and i'm like you're playing a fucking guitar? <laughs> yeah. Zero. Zero, like, wow, zero, 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 zero. Did you see that guitar solo? <laughs> right. Well, that's why I guess there's 10 of you. Yeah. So, so that way it kind of all filters out in that way. If someone's like, hey, I didn't get in. Be like, hey, well, ask those other nine people. Exactly. I liked you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I gave you all five. I, I thought you were great. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So then after you grade all 1,000, mm-hmm. does everyone meet back up and you just go through all of them? Yep. And then we also sit down and like, yay, nay. But like, basically it's the scores that decide it. But there mm-hmm. was a, a few tiebreakers, but... When you have 10 people, the scores are, there it is. <laughs> right, right. It's very cut and dry, yeah. So this year, you got 60 people from all over the country? Mm-hmm. We, yeah, 60 people out of that 1,000, and then we invited five of our friends who were from Atlanta, um, alumni of the festival, and then have gone on to do, like, super cool things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Clayton English won Last Comic Standing. He's all over TV now. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest people on the planet. Uh, we have him coming into headline uh, shows on Saturday, mm. and also on that show is Noah Garden Swartz, who just mentioned mm-hmm. uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel, Comedy Central Presents, uh, Caleb Sinan's on it, uh, on Conan, a whole bunch, uh, Rob Hayes just on this night show, mm-hmm. and then Mia Jackson from uh, Inside Amy Schumer and uh, Last Comic Standing is mm-hmm. hosting. So that's an insanely good show. That's like mm-hmm. going to be the best show probably most people ever see. Wow. Unless you like go to the comedy store on a Tuesday night. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Atlanta at City One, that's gonna be the best show ever. So uh-huh. get fucking tickets now. That's crazy. You mentioned Mia too, because she's someone I've also yeah, interviewed. Yeah, Mia is one of my favorite people on the planet. Yeah, she was so nice. Yeah. And weirdly enough, this is before I knew you, but uh, she called me. Uh, my interview with her was when she was on the uh, in the car driving to the Laughing Skull Nate. to do a show. Yeah, and that when we ended the interview, when she got to the Laughing Skull, and she's like, "Well, I'm here now," and I was like, "This has been fun." And uh, then nice. she went inside. She was probably on her Bluetooth. She was doing. The, she was. Yeah. She was. I know Mia. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I've seen Mia perform one time. She's a murderer. Um, in person. In person. So funny. Yeah, so funny. I saw her over at the Relapse Theater mm-hmm. perform. That was awesome. Yeah. She's, you, you picked good people. Yeah. Good work. Yeah, thank you. Uh, if, it's if got to be a good show. That's if, why. If I don't I, get fired. So, if yeah, I could come on over, Mia. <laughs> book the P- If I could grade the, the bookers for mm-hmm. this festival, I'd give you all fives. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a five. That's five-er. what we're in. A fiver. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you most looking forward to with the festival? Bit being over. It's so stressful. <laughs> Because I'm also in charge of, like, the marketing, getting all the graphics together, making sure the lineups are set, like, mm-hmm. making sure nothing's on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so once it's over, 
I can just get in my van and disappear for a few weeks, and mm-hmm. I'm very looking forward to that. So you're just going to go on vacation? Yeah, I'm just going to leave. You should. I'm just getting out of here. It's stressful. It's so stressful. When are the dates? April 26th through 29th. So it is soon. So May 1st, I'm fucking off. <laughs> it is the end of the month, so yeah. that's like three weeks from now. Four. Four weeks. Uh, yeah, four. Three. Three. Yeah, four. Three. Shit, it's like three weeks away. Oof. I need to get my act together. It's legit. <laughs> I gotta it's, order some t-shirts. It's coming. Oh, you got a t-shirt. Yeah, I like for the festival. Oh, you gotta order t-shirts. Yeah, I know a guy. Oh, I got a guy. Man, <laughs> I thought you said I gotta wear some t-shirts, and I was like, but... No, I gotta show some skin during the fest. There's a pool <laughs> party. I'm working out. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. So what are all the venues um, that you guys use? Uh, this year's gonna be at the Laughing Skull Lounge, mm-hmm. City Winery, Smith's Old Bar, Relapse Theater, the Village Theater, and the Red Light Cafe. Wow. So do you yeah. reach out to these people to, to yeah, partner with them? We do a lot of satellite shows there throughout the year, just like mm-hmm. Festival Atlanta shows, and through previous festivals. I should have turned that on silent. Um, and <laughs> uh, just through, I've just known them over the years, so just reach out like, hey, festival time again, let's hook it up. And mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, we just have like, a little partnership with them, um, different deals for all the different venues. And then, yeah, we just take over their space for a week and uh, have amazing shows all over the place. When do uh, submissions for comics to submit to the festival open? It's different every year. It'll probably open probably August maybe for next year. And then they're open for like four months. So you you have some time because getting a tape is probably the hardest part in stand-up. Other Mm -hmm. than like not hanging yourself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like getting a good five-minute tape uh, takes a long time. So we give comics uh, plenty of time to get that together get mm-hmm. it sent in so you it's like for you four i would say solid months of work on oh yeah yeah festival. and then drumming up submissions is also work so it's mm. it's kind of it's basically my full-time thing mm-hmm. but then there's like a few months in between where i can just disappear in a van mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. have you performed at the festival before yeah yeah i'm also hosting shows because oh, okay the reason i do it is for <laughs> the stage time mm-hmm. um, that's why <laughs> most people in stand-up do anything mm-hmm. um so yeah, that's that's why I'm involved in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. I'll be hosting some shows uh, this year. I'm not doing just sets, or maybe just pop into a set because I'll be busy during the fest. But mm-hmm. I'll be around. Just show up to a venue. I might be there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Have you ever performed at a festival outside of Laughing Skull? Yeah, festival? I've done. Um, I did the side stage for the Oddball Festival mm. in like 2014. That was the year when it was uh, like Lucy K. Aziz Ansari. You know what? Bad examples. <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> <laughs> no, that was yeah, 2014 when it was still okay. And <laughs> yeah. then um, uh, I've done uh, the Accidental Comedy Festival in Cleveland, a bunch mm-hmm. of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done the 420 Fest uh, that's here a bunch. So yeah, I've done some festivals. Mm-hmm. Great fun. What what are uh, like comic festivals like when you're performing? When you're performing, it's like comedy summer camp. You like you just go to a city. You're amongst other people who are also comics. Uh, you do shows, mm-hmm. you get real drunk, mm-hmm. and then you go back to your hometown a little bit fatter than you, you arrived. Great fun. It's, <laughs> it's why a lot of people still do comedy. And also it's where comics like get discovered. Because like mm-hmm. our festival, you invite the industry. So right. you go to these festivals, you perform, and maybe that's the first time you get seen by the booker of another festival or the booker of this TV show. And then mm-hmm. now you're on their radar. And it's like, oh, now I'm doing this TV show. Or I'm writing on this thing or... Mm-hmm. So it's also a way to get jobs and further your career, mm-hmm. but also 
amazing fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned earlier that this festival, Laughing Skull Festival, brings in a lot of well-known people like the... Yeah. the... Last year we had Hannibal stop in. Um, oh, wow. This year, it has nothing to do with the festival, but at the same time, which is very stressful on my end, even though I'm huge fans of both of them, uh, the, th- the first day of the festival, Tom Segura is headlining the Tabernacle. Mm, wow. And then the main day of the festival, Saturday, Bill Burr is headlining the Fox Theater. Mm. It's like, cool, guys, cool. <laughs> Couldn't could wait until next week? <laughs> Thanks. Two of my favorite comics are like, yeah, I'm just gonna do it right now. <laughs> uh, how, ah, come on. How did how did this festival in particular grow to such national prominence? Uh, because of the industry we invite. Because people get actual things from this festival. Mm. Like people book solid uh, paid gigs off of coming to the Laughing Skull Festival. Mm-hmm. And because we invite so many people from all over the country, no show is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, every show would be the best show you've seen all year. Mm. It doesn't matter what show you pick. Just go to LifeIsGoldComedyFestival.com. Pick any show. It's going to be a great show. Mm-hmm. And that's why, because it's uh, there are a lot of locals in it, but most people, they've never seen this comic before, so it's, like, all new stuff for them. So mm-hmm. just great, amazing shows mm-hmm. all over town for a week. And on average, how many people in total come mm-hmm. to see the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival? The different venues are different sizes. Like, this year we have 4,000 tickets available. Wow. Um, so we only need to sell, like, no it sales actually going really well but we have 4,000 up for sale so um the venues like uh like laughing skull is only 80 seats but Mm. uh city winery's 350 seats whoa and we have six shows both so like just Mm -hmm. just come to one Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) yeah and they're all gonna be great shows um depends on if you want to be in a big theater like city winery or in like a small intimate space like laughing skull Mm mm-hmm Pick which one you want, buy a ticket, come on out. Do you have any surprises planned for the festival? Yeah, but I can't say because sometimes pre- surprises fair. don't show up. Man, if only you uh, said it on the last interview. I did. And then, I, said, and then I said them all and which said, shows they'll be at. Uh, and now no one will ever know. No one know. will ever know. <laughs> yeah. No one will know to go to Smithfield Bar on Saturday. Or never, you know, I won't say anything. Never, <laughs> look, now again, we, now we got to delete this now interview delete too. this episode. Yeah, there will be a special guest. I can't say who or when or where, but yeah. Okay. So just get some tickets. Okay, cool. <laughs> If, if only that pa- that last episode only, still existed, no, everybody gone. would know. Mm-hmm. So to talk a little bit about you and yeah. your comedy style, um, your stand-up, is it more storytelling or is it more like set-up punchline? It's a mix. It looks like storytelling, but it is set-up punchline. Mm-hmm. It's set-up punchline disguised as stories. Okay. Yeah. So how did you? How long did it take you to find that? I'm still figuring it out. Yeah? Um, I've been doing it since I was like 14, um, but I'm sounds like an evolving process and no one i feel like no one ever this is me i got it <laughs> like even chris rock's new special is different from his last special mm-hmm. like everyone's constantly evolving mm-hmm. um but like to get to where i am now i haven't felt like comfortable on stage to be like oh, i got this mm-hmm. um until like a couple years ago really mm-hmm. and that was after doing stand-up every night for four years mm-hmm. how often do you do stand-up now i try to do five-ish sets a week mm-hmm Somewhere in there, but sometimes I'll go a whole week and only do two sets. Sometimes I'll do ten, so it's it's all over the place. It fluctuates. Yeah, but I can't go like four days and not do a set. Like mm-hmm. I get all antsy and feel weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 what was I gonna ask you? Oh, about writing. How yeah. often do you write? Not as much as I want to or should. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm putting on a festival. So what's your? Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I'll give you a pass. I'll yeah. give you a pass on this one. Well, uh, May I have no excuses. <laughs> right, May first. May first. I'm getting back to writing. As you travel around the country, as you're driving around in this 
old antique van that kind of works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what is your writing um, style? Like, how do you how do you write? I like to write with other comics. I like to just talk and basically just tell stories and riff, and then ooh, I could use that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but also at the same time, sitting down with a pen and paper also is very very important mm-hmm. when necessary and annoying but you gotta do it mm-hmm. do you talk about your personal life in your stand-up kind of that's where it kind of gets inspired by mm-hmm. but i'm not like talking about my girlfriends or anything mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that's weird mm-hmm. but like yeah i'm not like getting super personal in it because at the end of the day it's a comedy show like everyone mm-hmm. in the audience bought tickets paid for parking paid the two drink minimum is going to get dinner after this and has a babysitter at home. They don't want to hear what a 24-year-old has to say about Trump. <laughs> right. They don't right. give a fuck. <laughs> like, no, what do you think about dogs? Is it funny? <laughs> yeah, right. So tell me, uh, what are some of your biggest comedy influences today? Um, <laughs> Bill Burr, Tom Segura. They'll be headlining in Atlanta during the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival. Please go see them. But Jesus Christ, please buy tickets to my festival, too. Um, <laughs> um, uh norm mcdonald's one of my favorite funny people i actually think he's the funniest person to ever live ever Mm -hmm. um dave Chappelle, greatest stand-up of all time Mm -hmm. um i really love miss pat she's hilarious Mm -hmm. um yeah a lot of people just a lot of influences all over the place because also working at the club i see all these people all the time Mm -hmm. so you i don't know it's very cool to just see them be like wow and that, it's not like they rub off on me, but just seeing what they do and learning a little bit and talking to them and getting advice from them is insanely beneficial. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, on on the hidden episode, mm. that'll never be revealed, you <laughs> told a very interesting story about your time when you met Norm MacDonald. Yeah. So I was opening for him at the uh, the Improv in Atlanta, and one night we were sitting in the green room all chatting, everyone who was on the show, um, and uh, he got a cup of tea. And he was asking the server there, he was like, hey, can I get some honey for this? And the server brings him, like, this whole jar of honey, like a mason jar of honey. And just one spoon at a time, over the course of, like, half an hour, he put one <laughs> spoonful in the, the tea, mix it up, take a sip, go shake his head a little bit, and then do another spoonful in, very slowly, as if no one knew what was happening, until he was taking so many sips, and half the jar was gone. Half the jar, three-fourths the jar of honey was gone. It was mostly just honey. And at one point, he took a sip and goes, mm, too much honey. <laughs> and then put it on, he goes, can't believe they brought me so much honey. Like, what? Are you a crazy person? <laughs> yeah. And we, to this day, don't know if he was doing a bit or just couldn't get enough honey. And he's like, oh, it's too much honey. Just like, what? <laughs> Norm. <laughs> and he was like casually talking about something else. And like even just casually talking, he's still doing a bit. Like, in the background, on right. the subconscious of his mind. Like, he's that funny. Right. He's the funniest person on the planet. That no one else is that hilarious. clever to be like, I'm going to do this, this side B bit. <laughs> while I'm doing these other A bits up front. It was uh-huh. just beautifully crafted. That is hands down. And that's down. him just hanging out with two people. It's one of the funniest stories I think it I've ever no heard. It was for no one, but I was, oh my god, I love Norm so much. It was for you. That's it. it. Was, and I was that was like, wow. a bit for you. It was so good. You I, have that forever. I have that now. Unless he does that at every single club he well, goes everyone to. Everyone has the honey story. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Normally, like, he yeah. Like, gives the server a honey at the beginning of the night. He's like, I'm going to do this a bit later. <laughs> right. He brings it in. Yeah. But it's... he's got a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. Him and Adam Egget. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm so excited about that because, That's oh, a man. great. It, it's a. Yeah. 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 Norm McDonald Live, best show ever. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you watch his YouTube show? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's I imagine it's going to be too. the exact same thing, but Me on too. Netflix. Me too. With, yeah. Same celebrities, but yeah. It's good, though. Yeah, it is great. Really it's Norm good. just being Norm. Like, that's who mm-hmm. he is. Right. Hilarious. Yeah. Right. He's just himself. Someone once described him, I forgot who, but I heard this on another podcast, was that 
Norm McDonald is the smartest person in the room pretending to be the dumbest person in the room. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, that's Norm. Yeah, that's for <laughs> that sure. It. His stand-up is like he doesn't remember what he's saying, but yeah. you know it's so well-crafted. He does mm. exactly. He knows, and he knows what he's doing, even his delivery. So he's just... Oh, Norm's the best. Right, he's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. He's a comic genius. Yeah. So you also mentioned Dave Chappelle. Have you ever met Dave Chappelle? Yeah, Um. I got to go to the, uh, when he was at the Tabernacle like four or five years ago, um, Marshall Childs, the owner of the Laughing Skull, was like, hey, we can go backstage, you want to go? I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to go to that. <laughs> yeah. So he took us backstage and we we're just hanging out um, because we know Donnell Rawlings really well because he always headlines the club. Mm-hmm. Um. So he hooked us up, we got to go back and I was looking around, I was like, oh, that's Woody Harrelson. Oh, shit, that's Jennifer Lawrence. And I was like, oh, this is the entire cast of The Hunger Games. <laughs> it was like also The Hunger Games rap party, which was the most surreal thing I've ever experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell that story and not sound like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the craziest thing I've ever experienced. So how did you feel? Did you feel like you belonged? Not even a little group? bit. No, not at <laughs> all? Like, oh, my God, it's Woody Harrelson! Like, I still get all high-pitched when I talk about it. I, uh, there's no way I belong. Did I, you talk to any of them? Yeah, everyone was talking to everyone because it was like... Dave is just like the coolest dude ever. So like, there's something about his five that like puts you at ease. Mm-hmm. And we just got done watching him murder for an hour and a half, so I was in a great mood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was the coolest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And then who was the last one you, uh, that you just mentioned? So you mentioned Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle, and Missy. Oh, Miss Pat. Miss Pat. Yes. Miss Pat. She has a book. Buy it on Amazon. It's called Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she used to sell crack in Atlanta. <laughs> really? Now she's like an amazing stand-up comic, one of the best storytellers wow. of all time. It's hilarious. So I'm sure you met her, not for yeah. the crack, but no, for... Well, I bought, I bought a little... No, <laughs> yeah. she does not sell crack anymore. Now she's just a comic. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, she comes to the Laughing School. She's hilarious. One of my favorite people to watch. Mm-hmm. So those, you'd say that's that's your top three? Maybe. It, it also changes week to week. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place. I'm just a big comedy fan. Fluctuates on your mood? Yeah. Like, it's my job and my hobby and the thing I want to do, but like, I'm also at the same time a huge comedy nerd. Mm-hmm. Like, I have framed albums like On the Wall... Just like, yeah, yeah look and up. look, you got let's see, Steve Martin. There's your Rodney, I Dangerfield, got my Rodney Dangerfield, Bill Burr, I think Lenny, Lenny Bruce. Bruce. You gotta have your Lenny Bruce in there. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Are are you more? What are you more upset about with Bill Burr? That he's coming while mm. your festival's happening, or that you can't see him? Oh, what's upsetting you more? I don't know. Did you not think about that? I didn't think about that. I'm so that. sorry. I didn't mean well, to just I, I crush got to you. meet him the last time he came to the skull. Um, he like popped oh, okay. into the set. Um, I don't know. I'm actually not upset at all. I'm just happy that he's in town because he might stop by the after party. Because like, oh, there's a comedy festival. Oh, I gotta yeah. see what's going on. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> is, is there any comedian that you've met that you just like freaked out and froze? Uh, Robin Williams. Kind of. Oh, I didn't like freeze, but it was just that was the most like, oh my God, he's here. He's in the room right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. He visited the skull. This was a long time ago, obviously. Um, yeah, he was the most. That was the only time I was like starstruck. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, it's him. Because mm-hmm. it was like meeting like someone bigger than life. Like I grew up watching him, so I was like, oh my god, he's here. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you were breathing his air. Yeah. That's well, cool. He was breathing mine. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's yeah. Right. Right. That's very cool. Mm. So for you, what's your like ultimate goal when it comes to comedy? Ooh, I don't know. I just don't want to get assassinated. Okay. So just that. That's a, that's I'd like okay. to not have to worry about paying for food that night. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anyone to shoot me. Okay. That's about it. That's fair. Or I don't want to get stabbed either. You know what? There's no physical. I don't want anyone to beat me up over it, and I don't want to be hungry. <laughs> as long okay. as someone's fighting me and I'm well fed, I'm good. Okay. That's it. That's all you need. Well fed, not fought. 
Ooh, Ooh that's, a t-shirt. that's good. <laughs> well fed. As as you write well it fed, down. Well not fed, not five. Hold on, where's the pen? Not five. Yeah, <laughs> those yeah. are my only two goals. And so, uh, Andrew, as uh, the interview comes mm. to an end, hopefully people will hear this one. Yeah. No promises, hopefully though. Hopefully I didn't screw it up. <laughs> you never know. Um, what's a way that they can either uh, find out more about The Laughing Skull or, like, your comedy classes or the festival? Um, I don't – we don't teach comedy classes anymore. Oh, um, okay. Because now we just do open mics on mm-hmm. Mondays because we're like, you can't teach comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so for information on the Laughing Skull Lounge, laughingskulllounge.com. Buy tickets to all those shows. Festival, laughingskullcomedyfestival.com. Uh, my shit, uh, andrew.george on Instagram. Or my website, andrewgeorgehasawebsite.com. That's perfect. Very easy to remember. Just think of my name. And then does he have a website? He does. Andrew George has a website. <laughs> And then go to that website. And now, uh, my final question for you is yeah. a question that I ask all my guests. Mm. And that is, if you were to give one piece of advice to someone who wants to be in your shoes, mm-hmm. what piece of advice would you give? Ooh. Don't be afraid to sleep in your car. That's beautiful. Yeah. And Just that... Do it. That doesn't entail to sleep in your car, but like that as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Just sleep in your car, bro. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it, man. Just do it. Sometimes you gotta sleep in your car. And <laughs> to conclude the interview, can you tell me your favorite joke that you ever heard? Yeah, this is, <laughs> I heard this last week, and it's been my favorite ever since, uh, because we recently got a bunch of books in the, uh, the green room of The Laughing School, because mm-hmm. a comic in town, Paul Ollinger, brought in like all his old comedy books mm-hmm. to put them in there, and someone was reading a story that someone wrote about Rodney Dangerfield, mm-hmm. and uh, someone reading one of Rodney's jokes, just out of context, got a bigger laugh than anyone's ever got <laughs> in the green room, and I was like, well, that's the greatest joke ever, but the Rodney joke was, uh, so the Sylvester Stallone guy, the guys really like him, anytime he Jerks off thinking about a girl. She has an orgasm. (laughs) And it murdered in the room. And that's been my favorite joke ever since. (laughs) That's perfect. Well, uh, Andrew, thanks again for being on the show. Literally, thanks again. Mm -hmm. uh, Because I'm glad we made it work. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, third time's a charm. Next week. (laughs) I'll I'll be back again next week. And then who knows? Could mm-hmm. I could be back a fourth time. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but thank you to for anyone listening. Remember, yeah. you can visit uh, our website at www.talkinglatenight.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Talking Late Night and on iTunes as well. And definitely check out the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival. It is for sure going to be a good one. Yeah. I can promise you that. So thanks. Or not. I don't know. It, well, we'll say. It'll be, no, we'll be say, fine. It'll, it'll be good. good. We'll say it's good. good. Just come. Just show up. Be we cool promise. about it. It'll be an awesome <laughs> time. So thanks again to, uh, for listening. Thanks, Andrew, for being on the show. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Later. Later.